All right. Welcome everybody to Tasnua. And um, I'm Bridget. I'm a person in recovery. Today, I'd like to welcome a really uh, great speaker, a person who does a ton of service for recovery. Um, you might recognize him from the Saturday night or wee hours of Sunday morning, depending on your time zone, meeting whatever works based out of Montreal. So I'd like to introduce today um, Robert, and you can speak, you know, take your time, and uh, we're just glad to have you here. Take it away. Okay. Oh, man. Sorry, I'm still trying to get on my laptop. Um, I guess I'll give up. Yeah, so my name's Robert, and I live in Montreal. I'm an alcoholic. Nice to be here. I don't think I've ever been here before. It's 8 a.m. in the morning here, so it's kind of early for me, but uh, that's cool. Got it. Okay. And where the hell am I? Um, see, I'm, I had to switch to my iPad, so I'm a bit out of sorts here. Hmm. Okay, so how long would you like me to talk for? Like you know, 20 to 30, but if you're in the middle of a really juicy story, don't cut it off. <laughs> I don't know how much juice I have at this hour, but uh, let's see. All right, so uh, how do I begin? Let's see. Um, sometimes I like to think of myself as a kind of a, a late bloomer. I'm uh, I'm uh, 68 years old, and uh, I can't believe it, actually. I went, to, I went to visit with some friends of mine who I've known for 30 years on uh, Christmas Eve, and uh, we're all sitting around, and I'm thinking, holy shit, like, we've known each other for 30 years, and anyway, these people aren't alcoholics, so I was in good company at that uh, that event, uh, no alcohol. Um, for myself, when I say I'm a late bloomer also, I quit drinking um after numerous attempts, um, I have um, been sober for five years now. Well, about five and a half, I guess. And um, before that, I had a, a kind of a relapse, which lasted a number of months. Um, before that, I had nearly five years as well. <clears throat> before that, I had one year um, and maybe another couple of times I had a year. Um, so it took me a while. Um I was kind of stubborn for one thing. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really want to follow any program. I didn't really. Uh, wasn't really that keen on AA at the time, earlier on, and uh, you know, I didn't really. Uh, didn't feel like I belonged there. Um, seemed like a bunch of weirdos and you know, cult type stuff. And well, and the religion didn't help either. I'm not religious, <clears throat> so. Hearing all that religion sort of turned me off as well. Um, but anyway, so earlier on in that, let's see now, I grew up uh, with, uh, you know, in a culture that was uh, heavily in, uh, into drinking. I'm half Scottish and half Irish. So uh, as you might imagine, we uh, like to drink. So from a very early age, I, um, I learned that people drink. My parents drank a lot. My relatives drank a lot. They partied real hard. Um, they were actually country folks, um, and uh, they liked to party and 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 square dance and and get drunk. 
so it was pretty lively back then um so i grew up in a family where everyone you know a lot of drinking took place and it seemed quite normal to me um what i didn't really you know notice maybe early on and, and of course came to see more and more as i got older was kind of some of the more destructive aspects of alcohol and uh <clears throat> it uh, certainly took its toll on a number of a lot of people in my family um so I saw it have a really different, uh, negative impact on my parents. Um, I would say that my parents were alcoholics and I had one sibling. Um, I'd say he was an alcoholic and it destroyed my parents. They didn't, they, they stayed together, but it, I wouldn't certainly have, you know, called it a, uh, a very happy or, um, you know, uh, uh, marriage, um, and uh, my brother ended up getting divorced, and I'm quite sure that uh, his alcoholism had a lot to do with that. Um, so yeah, I saw you know, geez, I saw so many different things about alcoholism. Um, I started drinking alcohol, I guess, when I was uh, a teenager, uh, early on in my early teens. Um, other drugs too, actually, I got into other drugs first, mostly. Uh, started out here, we used to uh, smoke hash. That was our big thing. And um, so I did that. And that sort of progressed to other drugs as well, <clears throat> uh, psychedelics in particular. And uh, alcohol took off more when I got a bit older, you know, especially when I was, became of age to get into bars. And uh, before that, we'd drink sometimes, but it was, you know, hit and miss about getting our hands on alcohol when I was younger. Actually, I remember when I was underage, we'd, we'd go to the local store and stand around outside the store and wait for men coming into going in to buy. And we'd ask them if they'd pick us up beer, you know, for us. And uh, it would work sometimes. Uh, oftentimes, I guess they wouldn't. They'd, you know, probably tell us to piss off. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> so the drinking thing took a while to get really to really take off. Um, what I learned really quickly was that uh, alcohol was um, very effective in uh, helping me get over my uh, <clears throat> shyness, helped me get over any, you know, senses of uh, inferiority that I had. I was a pretty shy kid. I, you know, I would say that um, probably had sort of, sort of self-esteem issues and uh, pretty shy around the ladies. Um, so alcohol helped in a lot of ways to, you know, liquid courage, that sort of thing. And, uh, I certainly appreciated that and liked it. Um, so from an early age, I, I think really alcohol became a, kind of a social lubricant for me, which I relied on heavily to feel like I could fit in and to, it gave me confidence, you know, and, uh, things that you, most, you would think most people would learn, you know, without it, but, whatever the case. Um, so I was self-medicating from that pretty early, early on. And I guess back then I probably, you know, growing up, I probably thought it was pretty cool just being part of the, you know, part of the crowd. It's what people did. Um, again, it was only much later on that I sort of realized the more destructive aspects of it. <clears throat> and also realized that I was relying on it to, uh, you know, feel better about myself and to uh, feel like I, you know, as I said, like I fit in and all that sort of thing. So let's see for me. Okay. Some of the aspects of it that uh, weren't so good. Let's see early on. I, um, I didn't finish high school and uh, I quit 
back then jobs were plentiful. So I just, um, my parents were working class. They didn't seem to matter to them that much either, actually. They just said, well, look, either you go to school or you work, one or the other. So I chose to work. So I just uh, quit high school and was working in these different jobs and uh, hanging out with my friends, um, taking drugs, drinking, you know. And um, that actually then went on for for a long time. I um, eventually decided that uh, maybe this wasn't the these weren't the best choices that I made, especially about you know leaving uh, school. So I went back to school, and uh, I uh, went to something called and here we have something called CJAP, which is uh, in between high school and university. So I did that, and then I went to university and I got a degree. Um, <clears throat> I got a bachelor's in psychology and something called applied human science. And originally, I um, I guess I thought maybe I might become a psychologist. Um, I was interested in that. And uh, I guess I wanted to help people. Um, of course, there were certain aspects to that that didn't work out for me. One was that um, I was kind of middle of the road student and I lacked um I guess I lacked confidence in just how capable or how smart I was. And uh, I tried to get into one university graduate program. I didn't get in. and um, But I didn't push it, you know. I didn't, I didn't do much. Uh, I didn't push it much after that to try to further that, uh, my, that interest. I guess I just didn't really believe that I was, you know, really um, graduate school material. So anyway, I ended up getting a job in the university where I had studied. And... Um, I ended up working there for thir over 30 years, actually, in the uh, library. And um, it was okay, you know, it's a pretty good good job and uh, paid decent and had good benefits and all that sort of thing. But I did essentially give up on whatever aspirations I had, um, you know, beyond that, really. Um, it's kind of a trade-off, I suppose. So anyway, I had that job for a long time, and I settled into a lifestyle pretty much of um, working and drinking and taking drugs, the drug taking kind of reduced over the years, um, other kinds of drugs, I mean, but I did continue to take other drugs as well. And I had a number, you know, a number of relationships. Uh, none really stuck for too long. I did have one that went on for about five or six years and uh, that was the longest maybe. I uh, lived with that person. Uh, she was a pretty good drinker herself. So we, uh, we did a lot of drinking together and uh, hanging out and stuff. Um, in my forties, I realized that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that, um, I had a uh, problem with alcohol that needed to be, uh, addressed and I needed to do something, you know, um, I came to that conclusion on my own. So I, um, I went to a program here, <clears throat> it was an outpatient program and, um, so for a year, I was doing this program, and um, you start out, um, it's intensive every day, and then after a while, you, you, it becomes once a week. It's an outpatient program, and uh, much to my surprise, it wasn't that difficult, you know? <clears throat> the, while I was in the program, um, I think I slipped once, and otherwise, I lasted the year, no problem. And it's interesting, I just, you know, I really noticed that um, being in a program and having being accountable to other people certainly seemed to be something that made it quite possible to, you know, to go without, um, to stay off of the alcohol. So I did that. Um, 
but uh, when I finished, one thing that I didn't do properly was prepare for what I was going to do after I went back to, uh, you know, regular, uh, my regular living beyond the uh, program. And um, I still wasn't interested in AA at that time. So I kind of thought I could go back to sort of living the way I had been, which was a pretty, in hindsight, a pretty silly idea. I ended up going back to hang out with my friends who were drinking, you know, in bars. And uh, so it didn't take too long before I was drinking again. Um, yeah. That went on for another... Uh, oh, hmm. Over a decade, um, even you know, maybe a decade and decade and a half, um, and um, again, I came to realize that uh, you know things weren't going well <clears throat> in my family uh, life. My mother had passed away; and she had died quite young, the age of fifty-seven, and um, it was certainly related to her poor health, which was. Um, combination of factors but alcohol certainly played a, a, played a big part in it um her i would say depression played a big part in it her uh you know essentially unhappiness with life um and i had been i had been living with her for a, a period of time um my father uh, lived there officially but he was often on the road he worked in construction and he was often out of the city or out of the country on different jobs. He was really old fashioned. So he wouldn't let my mother work and he, she didn't have a license to drive. So she was pretty stuck where she was. And, and as the years went on, I could see that she was just becoming more and more depressed and unhappy with, uh, you know, her life. And um, that really weighed on me, but I didn't really see what I could really do about it, if anything. So Anyway, when I look back at it, I think, oh, my God, you know, the things that happened and uh, maybe maybe could have changed some of them if I'd known better at the time um, or tried anyway. Um, so that happened. My brother, like I said, got divorced from his uh, wife and he had two, he has two kids. Uh, he was a pretty heavy duty alcoholic, um, especially as he got older. He ended up drinking himself to death and died at the age of uh, 61 from uh, alcohol related uh, problems with his um well, his entire body, but uh, <clears throat> he had cirrhosis. And uh, I had spent quite a bit of time with him before he died um, and trying to kind of help him. And, you know, it, some interventions were tried with him, uh, his two kids and and his um, then-girlfriend, and none of it worked. Um, he was uh, of the opinion that he was an alcoholic, therefore he couldn't stop drinking. So um, I remember quite clearly, you know, he had been sick and had different kinds of complications and thinking and saying, like, listen, man, if you don't stop drinking, you're going to die. And then uh, he just said, well, you know, uh, I can't. Uh, can't do it. So. He got institutionalized. Um, how that worked, I'm not entirely sure, but he was put into a, uh, a facility and uh, it was deemed that he was unable to look after himself. And that was a pretty sad time for him. It was a horrible place. Um, and uh, so anyway, I spent quite a bit of time with him at that, for that, it went on for a little over a year. Um, eventually he talked them into letting him go that he was capable and uh, they did let him go, but uh, that didn't last long and he ended up back out drinking. 
and then back in the hospital and then uh, anyway he died of complications but so that by then um i was pretty sure that i had a um some you know issues that were getting more and more serious myself by this time i'm uh, i'm in my uh, 50s actually and uh, i'm still working luckily you know in a way i had employment security where i worked and uh, they were pretty uh not to say that I would show up drunk or anything, but or maybe hung over sometimes or quite a bit. But but anyway, I had fairly you know good employment uh, protection where I worked, and uh, I played music. I played in a band, and uh, I used to drink a lot when I did that. Smoked dope sometimes too, and um, so what happened to me eventually was that uh, I was. Um, when my brother died, I, I was in a pretty dark place, and uh, so he's he he had just died, so he was sixty one, so I was fifty six, I guess, and um, I um, kind of felt like like he was like my parents were dead, and he him dying kind of was my sort of final tie to my family. It felt like to me, so I felt like I was kind of cut loose and on my own, and. And it was a uh, pretty difficult. Um, I was depressed about that, and um, actually not doing well. And I had started to drink more and more hard liquor as well as beer, which used to be what I, you know, tended to drink. And um, so I was essentially just drinking in isolation, um, on my, you know, on my own at home. And uh, this went on for quite a while. Um, somehow I was able to still to playing music and I was in a band and I was going to play at a club. I got drunk um, at the club and uh, I got arrested on the way home by the police for uh, a DUI. <clears throat> and I was way over the limit. So I had to do a bunch of things to uh, in order to uh, even just to get my license back. And um, so anyway, I went back into treatment again. And it was at the same place that I had been in um, years before. And um, this time I realized that um, I would have to take it much more serious in terms of what I would do after to, uh, in order to not just, you know, finish and then go back out drinking again. And of course I'm older and, and I'm thinking, you know, I got to really get it together this time. Um, my body's not going to take, you know, going back out drinking a lot too well and so on. So I did the program and uh, um, a couple of good things that happened were that, uh, in this program, I think it's kind of unique. They have something called the, uh, uh, what the hell is it called? Um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my marbles. Um, they offer services to people that are in recovery and um, it's like a, a mentoring program. It's similar to having like a sponsor in AA, I suppose. So people who go through this program can be trained to become mentors and um um i had found, i found out about it and i i had a mentor for a short for a while and then i trained to become a mentor and that really helped me a lot because it kept me involved in something that was um you know uh in 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 the system to uh you know stay on top of my uh <clears throat> sobriety and to uh, be involved with people you know in recovery which I suppose, you know, you can get a lot of that from AA, but I hadn't been that interested in AA. So this was an, 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 an alternative to that. And uh, and I did that. Uh, it's called, sorry, the Recovery Transition Program. So I trained to become a mentor, and um, that really helped me a lot. 
I've still been mentoring up to now. And um, I also got involved in another uh, uh, program with this. This is the addiction unit at the hospital in Montreal. <clears throat> they have um, in the um, day program for people who are just in fate, what they call phase one, they go every day um, to uh, for treatment. Um, it's an out program, outpatient program. And the first part is the intensive every day. And then, the, you know, later on, it becomes once a week. But during the every day, there's one a day where they have something called um, speaker discussion group, very much like we do here in AA. And uh, it, it had been run by somebody else for many, many years. But during COVID, that sort of came to an end. So we needed to get somebody other, some others to take it over. So I uh, was asked if I would do it. So I agreed to do it. And I have been doing it. And I do it um, every week on Wednesday mornings, usually. Um, and I've been doing it for like about a year now, a uh, year and a half. And uh, again, it's another way that it keeps me involved in, in recovery. I, and, I, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really very aware of the fact that if I try to go it alone, I'm likely going to fail. And, um, you know, my thinking will go off in ways that will not be beneficial. And, and I could very easily, you know, talk myself into back being back into a uh, isolated drinking way. Um, and, and I'm retired now from my job. So to go into that at this point in my life would be uh, deadly, definitely a death, death sentence, I'm sure one way or another. So I'm very grateful for that. And um, it's amazing, really, that it's it's so important to me. The funny thing is, I'm not that comfortable in groups. I'm not that comfortable. Um, you know, I still have issues relating to people. And in in some AA groups that I attend, you know, I, I don't always feel comfortable. Um, and so in a way, it's funny, it's kind of like, well, I know what I need to do. And I know it's important to stay connected and all this talk about how, you know, connection, how vital it is. Um, and I'm aware of that, but it's not something that comes easily to me. And uh, so I, I don't always feel that connected, but in a kind of a prog program sense that I'm, that I'm involved and I, you know, I take on roles that, uh, um, you know, allow me to stay involved with people. It helps in a sense that I'm, it, you know, I'm, I may not have overcome some some of the things that I find difficult, the awkwardness, or um, I don't know, you know, feeling like uh, like I'm kind of a strange guy or something, whatever the case. But it keeps me there, and uh, and it really has helped, and it's worked because um, you know I've been able to stay sober longer than I ever did before. Um, I took I took on quite a few different roles in AA too in the last few years, um, and I still continue to, like it was mentioned, host a uh, or co-host a meeting on Saturday nights, a Zoom meeting, a secular meeting, which I've been doing now for a couple of years, and uh, that's another you know another another part of me staying involved and um, and staying in this kind of recovery you know climate climate uh, recovery milieu, call it what you want. Um, for me, it's really, really important because I did find out the hard way in the past that uh, if I go back to, you know, trying to um, live the way I did before I got sober, um, it won't work. And I'll uh, fairly easily probably go back to using again. 
and at, this point, at that point, it would be uh, fairly quickly downhill, I'm sure. So anyway, I don't know if I'm just about done here. Yeah, I could stop. Um, I'm really happy to be sober. It's still a challenge, you know. I still have issues. I have mental issues. Uh, sometimes I, I, I struggle with depression. I struggle with, um, you know, poor sense of self. And it's um, it's not something I've completely overcome. Um, I spent many years trying to figure out what's wrong, what's the matter with me, what's the cause of all this. I never really came up with any anything that uh, profound, really, or uh, that that uh, really, you know, nothing tragic happened to me that I'm aware of. But I look at it and I think, well, the combination of things that went on, you know, my parents, uh, the way they were, um, the, all the business with the alcohol early on. And uh, it's not surprising that alcohol was a huge factor in our lives. And um, and for me, it uh, just, you know, it became uh, destructive, um, something that initially helped me to feel okay around people ended up, uh, you know, biting me in the ass eventually. So uh so I, I appreciate the fact that I'm sober now and want to keep it that way. And uh, so that's where I'm at. And it's real nice to be here. Nice to uh, be come to this meeting at 8 a.m. And I hope you're all doing well. Oh, and happy holidays and all that kind of stuff. And all I know. Thank you.